Welcome to a belated episode 95 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. I think everyone saw, well, all 14 of you probably saw that there was a work trip, it was finals week, and uh, just couldn't quite get a guest host to line up to chat with Buzzy about woodworking and watches. Would have been a fun, different <laughs> W&W, woodworking and watches, uh, without Spangler and I here, but, um, you know. Real real quick interjection, uh, one of the most renowned names in hand tool woodworking, uh, really enjoys uh, Sin watches. Ooh. Hmm. Why does that not surprise me? Oh, it's the obvious choice. It really is. <laughs> if they could just have a better retail distribution in the United States, that would be fantastic. But anyway, watch content very early there, tied in with woodworking. Um, so, but we're back. It's after Thanksgiving. It's after uh, the event that we may have stolen the name for this podcast for, uh, which I was lucky enough to attend last week. So we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um and then we got a couple couple other newsworthy items, uh, maybe. We'll see. But uh, why don't we start with the usual uh, Spangler. What's in the glass? What's on the wrist? Uh, well, in the glass, I'm not doing my normal Louisiana tap water. I've actually got some, as I affectionately call it, some Willet Pot Still bourbon, which I actually just finished the, the bottle, which I'm finally proud of. I've had this thing for oh, God knows how long, but too long. Um, so I finished that. I've also got some backups over here. I've got some Blade and Bow, and also, I believe, Small Batch, 1792, on the docket, if I uh, care to choose to finish this last, which I'm probably going to, let's be honest here. Uh, and then on the wrist, I've got my Cincinnati Watchco Cincinnatus Field Watch. Of course, on my Cincy Strapco SF1 NATO. Got the double Cincy going on on the wrist. There you go. Which we should do a quick aside here since you brought up Cincinnati. Um, big big week for football. Big congrats to the Bearcats for making the playoff. Um, and uh, you know it's it's in, there's an interesting fo- college football uh, intersection here because you're a Bearcat and now you're down at LSU. Uh, right. Buzzy and I are both Domers, and all three of those schools are very interconnected at this point. Um, in, a little bit. In which case, in which case, uh, Buzzy and I, I think would like to thank you. Uh, Big thanks from the Cincinnati, from the LSU side for you know <laughs> taking Brian Kelly off our hands. You, you um, guys, it was such a blessing to me. It, it really was. I I could use. I I needed some good news at at that point, uh, and. Yeah, you came through. I mean, you hired a coach who's 0-2 against Saban with a margin of defeat of 73-28. to 0-2 against Smart. 1-3 uh, against uh, Dabo. 0-1 uh, in home games against Cincinnati's Luke Fickle. 3-5 against Michigan. And 0-5 in New Year's Six level bowl games. For well, I was very much pulling out the facts here. So, like, what, 15 mil a year? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you, do you... I don't know. What was that contract? About 10-year, 95 Ten-year, ninety-five plus incentives. Um, plus incentives. So yeah, I think he's also sixty-two. So now, granted, Saban's sixty-eight and doesn't seem to be slowing down. But and in, in fairness, his, Saban's the last a good four coach. Years, I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's fair. The last four years, yeah. he's done okay. I just, it, I am. Like, the interesting thing about it is, you know, I've seen some LSU fans who are like, yeah, but Coach O just fell ass backwards into a national championship, like. 
And so did Les Miles. Like the previous two coaches both won national championships despite going combined near 500 over the last mm-hmm. decade. And they're like, well, if this guy can win 10 games consistently, we feel like we should win a couple under him. And it's like, yeah, but you guys, and I'm going to quote Mike Goolsby on this, former Notre Dame linebacker who's on a couple of podcasts um, when they were talking about the Marcus Freeman hire, which we'll get to in a second. Um, the uh, He's like, Brian, or LSU's really good. Like They seem to do well when they have a competent quarterback or a good quarterback. Brian Kelly is known for destroying. not being a good developer slash destroyer of quarterbacks. If you look at this year, had we figured out our quarterback situation early enough, we might have actually beaten Cincinnati. Uh, Which is like a pathetic statement in and of itself. It is. Well, and the crazy thing is, is our neighbor, my neighbor across the street, his, him and his college age son went to the game and Austin, uh, he's a junior at Cincinnati. He's like, I'm kind of glad that Pine didn't play the whole game. Like, I feel like if he had played the whole game, you guys would have beat us because we staged a little bit of comeback there. It's like, that's fine. I don't harbor any ill will. The fact that we were one away, it's just like, I looked at the team this year, like they don't look like a playoff team. However, had we made the playoff after Kelly had left, that would have been unbelievable. And had we been <laughs> a shoe in for the playoff, I don't think he would have left. So like, I'm so happy that it worked out this way because I have never been more excited I haven't been this excited about a coaching hire and sure. Some of it's the videos, some of it's me drinking the Kool-Aid, but Holy cow, the PR blitz that Notre Dame went on keeping Tommy Reese and then and promoting Marcus Freeman, man, that those videos are fantastic. Whoever, whoever is on that media team should get multiple raises. <laughs> and speaking of fantastic videos, um, do I fully agree with that hire? No, but then again, I've got one year left down here. I, I can really give two shits. I'm a Bearcats fan for life. Um, but if you're looking for a fantastic video, look up the Brian Kelly LSU welcome speech that he gave at the PMAC down this. here at LSU. Oh my God. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. This Midwest bumpkin comes down here and tries to spill a country accent. It's he's, a, it's from he's not even a Midwest bumpkin. He's not even, oh, he's coaching the Midwest. He's from Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> so and the memes are amazing. The memes. Oh, are I'm sure they are. The oh, I'm sure God. they are. Like uh, I, I am apparently honestly yeah, the thing that carpet, I carpet bagging never like actually left. It just went on hiatus until that uh, <laughs> guy moved down south. What a, I, I think. Yep. I think my favorite family. Is, I like. <laughs> I know everyone was thinking, oh, they're gonna they're gonna steal Cincinnati's coach again. They're steal Cincinnati's coach again. And this is no offense to Luke Fickle. I don't know that I'd be as excited about him as I am about Marcus Freeman. And the funny thing is, is it almost makes me kind of wonder what, like would cause I feel like if we would have gone after fickle Cincinnati would have just hired Marcus Freeman, like, like that, well, like yeah. that. And that would have been the, that would have been the right hire. Um, almost makes you kind of wonder if like LSU's like, Oh, maybe we should have tried to hire Marcus Freeman. <laughs> I don't know. It was getting late in their in their search process, and I feel like they may have panicked a little bit to try and find somebody. Which, you know what? They they kind of blew it on a couple of the guys that left. Oh, who was it? Uh, they lost Oklahoma's head coach. Um, yeah, Lincoln Riley went to Southern Cal. Yeah. They didn't. Uh, I think Tom uh, Joe Brady was another big name they were trying to go after, but he's, I think he's fired now at this point, so God knows what happened to him. Well, and Dave Aranda at Baylor was yeah, the yeah. DC a couple years ago who was really good. You guys probably, probably could have gone after him. I was honestly I was shocked that you didn't go after him. <laughs> I was just shocked but 
about the whole Brian Kelly thing, to be honest with you. I, it came out of the blue to my, for me. Honestly, I, 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 it was the biggest, like, I was like, we don't have to wait for him to retire. And for somebody like me, who is a purist, that still means that in my head, he hasn't caught Newt Rockney because oh, the number exactly. of vacated wins <laughs> isn't enough that between where he's at over Rockney. So he's not the winningest coach in our history. New but Rockney he is the losingest wins. coach, even with those vacated uh, seasons. Oh, they don't vacate losses, but he is the losingest coach in uh, ND history, and that's uh, which is kind of crazy. That I think that has more to do with like longevity because it's it, it's not like he lost. He lost. He had two really bad seasons, and then he was kind of an also ran for others. And then he had like four or five decent ones or good ones. Obviously, a couple of undefeated, three undefeated seasons, two or three, whatever it was. I mean. It's like who leads the league and who leads the NFL in interceptions. It's the guys who played long enough to throw enough picks. Like mm-hmm. I don't. No one's gonna knock Drew Brees for all the picks he threw. <laughs> well, I'm gonna knock Brian Kelly for being the losingest coach in, in ND history. Join me. As it's fun, but also I'll refuse to elaborate. Marcus Freeman could could break our our uh, New Year's Day bull streak in his first game. First game. I'm I'm pumped for that. <laughs> And I don't think any team is going to be as fired up as the Irish are. I could be wrong, but I'm stoked. Anyway, that was our little college football five minutes um, in the middle of the wrist check and the drink check. The football we five. Had, we had to talk about it because <laughs> there's – just with the three schools that are represented on the podcast, they're all really weirdly Very much, yeah. Now. Well, that was the thing. Like, Brian Kelly was the first first coach to leave Notre Dame since 1908 and the first coach to leave – a power five team that was going to either like that still had a shot to either be in a playoff or national championship game or had like an undefeated season since Brian Kelly in 2009. <laughs> uh, He's the first yeah. coach since, since he did it the first time, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> History does repeat itself. Yeah, sure. It does. does. So anyway, all right, moving on Uh buzzy drink check, wrist check. what do you got? <laughs> okay. Drink check. In my glass, I have the last little bit of a bottle that I've had since probably twenty, probably twenty fifteen. Actually, uh, I've got uh, my uh, Ravenswood Rye Whiskey from Journeyman Distillery in Three Oaks, Michigan. Uh, it is an utter delight. Uh, I am sad to see this bottle go. It wasn't like a huge one, which is, I think, why I kept it so long. Because, you know, if you've got like the half of a fifth sized, you know, a a tinier bottle of whiskey, you're not going to just plow into it, right? Oh, I'm saving this for a special occasion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um,. Some of the the sting of that being fully drunk is uh, solved by the fact that I picked up several other bottles of whiskey when we were up there for vacation. So, uh, and also some some pre-mixed old fashioned. So I'm really excited to to start uh, dipping into those. Also, I saw that uh, they are building in Valparaiso, Indiana. They, they've got a uh, old factory that they've uh, bought that they're going to uh, do another distillery and restaurant and whiskey garden. So best of luck to Journeyman Distillery uh, building 
building out uh, their whiskey empire. Hopefully uh, next summer when I'm up in that neighborhood uh, uh, on vacation, maybe I'll be able to actually get over there and do a little mini episode with them on the whiskey. That'd be fun. Yeah. So on on the wrist, I have my Doxa Sub 300T Seamaster, and it is on a new uh, a new strap. So Ooh, it's orange. Yeah, it is quite orange. It is the uh, Strapsco Dasari Smooth FKM Rubber Strap. It is nice. It's uh, it's thick, but it's also pliable. Um, I feel like it's just the right thickness matches up with the lugs really well um you know the the backside has like a little bit of uh cut out to it so it is pliable um you know it's you know i've had i've worn nicer rubber straps but not a nicer 35 dollar rubber strap right i mean i think it's um if it's not best of breed at that price point, it's pretty darn close. Um, it's FKM rubber, so it's not the natural rubber with the faint smell of vanilla or, or any of or that. Or overpowering strong smell of vanilla at times. Yeah, uh, yeah it just <laughs> depends on how much you like vanilla, right? Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, pretty cool. Came yesterday, I want to say. Nice. And uh, pretty, pretty pumped. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks very good. Thank you. Yeah. Take some Spence. Right. I will bring it home. So um, I mixed myself a Larceny Manhattan with the Luxardo Cherry and Dolan Vermouth that I've got sitting upstairs. Um, my sister is in town visiting. Uh, she's been staying with us for two weeks, you know, working remote, hanging out with the boys, um, having a good time. And my wife was like, well, you're not going to offer to mix her one? And I was like, do you like these? And she's like, well, I was like, you just try a sip. And she got it to like near her. She's like, Oh no, this is not for me. <laughs> she didn't even taste it. I was like, okay. All right. Alyssa. <laughs> well, whatever. So not, a, not a Manhattan. She's not hashtag team Manhattan. Like I am anyway. So I've got that in the glass. Um, I'm not really double wristing, but I have two with me. I, uh, it is Tuesday. So I wore my brew for bruise day Tuesday. Um, I haven't worn it in a while. So it was just, it was sitting there staring at me in the box and I was like, you know, I need to wear that today. Um, cause it's fun and I haven't worn it in a while. Um, and it just needed to happen. Um, and then I also, Buzzy was kind enough to bring the notice, um, back. So we've got the, the one that we have in the notice sector sport, uh, 38 millimeter note eight in ice blue, um, a little bit big right now. So I got to adjust it and, and resize it back. Cause Buzzy put an extra, I think you put a link back in, right? Yeah. yeah I think it was only one. Um, yeah. could, could I could I offer three little observations? Of on, course, on I was going to ask you, but that's that's why I brought it down was to remind you to ask you your thoughts on it. Okay, um, uh, the the first episode uh, that was in you, you had a pretty pretty good summary. Uh, I do have uh, three little points. Um, uh, number one, time only mo- movement. It's really nice to have the no deads position that you just pop it out and you set to, to not have a phantom date position. Uh, good attention to detail there. There's yeah, some Hodinkee it, limited editions that don't even have that. Exactly. 
I mean, it's it's something that is in many ways silly, but um, but it it shows uh, the attention, the detail, um, you know, that I wouldn't necessarily expect from a lot of brands at that price point, but I do I do expect from from like pretty much from all the micros because they they get it right so Mm -hmm. that was awesome number two very cool work on uh the lugs uh so on the inside uh of the lugs uh, on the top they are chamfered in toward the bracelet and it's just a small detail that chamfered uh surface is polished and um it's just a, a pleasing transition uh, to me to to the bracelet. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool touch, um, and it somehow it, it's like more is more, but it does it without like being too much. So mm-hmm. that's very cool. Uh, and then the last thing is on the clasp. Um, the so it, it's the kind of clasp that uh, has a, a post, right? And then you, when you fold the clasp down, there's the little spring-loaded, um, you know, uh, features that that grab onto the post. Well, the part of the clasp that the post is on, um, that entire thing is is flat, whereas a lot of times there's two pieces of metal, uh, and it is. Uh, I really liked that detail. It feels really nice, you know, on the inside of your wrist. Um, seems silly, but it's such a it's such a good little touch, um, you know. So, I mean, obviously, you said before uh, they always get color right. The the dial is super cool. Uh, cool cool job on the hands uh, being the exact right length, right? You know, the the hour hands. Um, you know, really match well with like the inner dial, and that that second hand goes like all the way to the rehote. So they did a really good job there. But uh, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous watch. Good work. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. I have to get the size back down because you know you had it for a few weeks or a couple weeks, and like I missed wearing it. So I'm gonna have to. It's just it's fun. It's a it's a great fun piece. Um. What did you? So here's the thing. I know it's 38. Did you? Did it feel to you like it wore like a 38? Wear a little big or a little small? I feel like it's only gonna. I don't feel like it wore small. No, but I also, um, I never felt like there was too much dial, which to me, right, is always a danger uh, with a fixed bezel watch. That's that's something that I um, always harp on. Um, you know, if it feels like there's too much dial, it completely ruins it for me. But, um, you know, I, I found that we're very well, the dial never felt too big, so it never felt big to me. And I think the thing, I think my favorite thing about it, despite all, like, despite its appearance, the thing that I like, it's, it's a substantial piece. Like, for a 38 millimeter stainless steel watch, it it's got some heft to it, which I enjoy. Like I like knowing that hey, I've got something on that feels 
substantial, tough. Like it, I think that's probably all of the visual aspects aside. I think my favorite feature of it is that it's like you have it on, you know, you got it on, um, which I like. Not everybody's going to like that. My grandpa does not like that. He he likes that his titanium watch is nice and thin, not thin, but like nice and, and light, and feels like it's not there. But I like a like a substantial watch. So anyway, but yeah, no, that one's been. I was curious as to what your take was going to be on it. So should we dive into fresh form finds real quick? So we keep keep this keep the wagon train moving. Is uh, is Woody would say? Let's do it. All right. I'll go first because I was pretty excited to see this one. This is actually a watch that I have tried on. Not from this seller, but it, I don't know if it's still in the case at Richter & Phillips or not. But it's a Grand Seiko SBGR071, which is a 37 millimeter sport watch. Uh, just time and date. Old school Seiko with a Grand Seiko. And it's the one that has the red minute track. And Ooh. the polished indices that they're black polished and that they're silver, but under most light they look black. You know which one I'm talking about. I know Spangler's tried it on. I know I've tried it on. I know our yep. buddy Dustin has tried it on. Like, ooh, and it's down to, t- ooh, this is great. Box and papers, the only one available in North America that this guy is aware of, because I think it's a JDM only. However, there is there was it one. Is. I don't know if it's still there. I should check with Blake at Richter and Phillips. This guy um, prefer to sell locally in NYC on Watch You Seek. Um, has thirty two hundred posts, um, twenty five hundred bucks. This is a mm. this is just a killer piece. Um, good finishing on the movement. I mean, it's been worn. There's some scratches on the bracelet and the places you kind of would expect it to, and on the case sides. But like, that's a very fair price for a really awesome, just time and date, really cool looking Grand Seiko. What, what um, was the reference again? SBGR071. That's pretty cool. Thirty-seven, like, like I've tried out like very similarly sized, oddly enough, to the notice we were just talking about. Thirty-seven versus thirty-eight, just wears really well. Just wears really well. Um, so, almost kind of like a baseball motif with the white dial with the red minute track, if you will. You know, it could be. <laughs> Just kind of a one of those things. I think that's a really cool piece. Uh, I was posted at least at least the the I saw it on Watch Recon. It's on Watch You Seek nine hours ago, so maybe still available at this point. Even if you're listening tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting piece. Mm-hmm. All right, Spangler, what have you got? Uh, well, I figured I'd go a little bit different this week but you know everybody loves the whole rainbow trend going around watches and there's a company that's been you guys may have seen it on your instagram ads but ifl watches have made hand-painted rainbow g-shocks hmm. Hmm. i don't know if you've seen this they're quite expensive they're uh, 650 on their website for the cassioke models so a bit much but if you would like that and you don't want one hand-painted from IFL, you can go on eBay, because, of course, everybody knows I love eBay, and snag yourself a Cassioke Rainbow version for $400, which, and this is the Jelly Cassioke, which I very much like. I think if you're going to go 
can get one of these. I think the rainbow looks best on the clear versions. On eBay, there's four available right now, $400 from Portland, Maine. Hmm. 100% feedback. You know, a little bit different, a little bit kooky, but don't we all love that on some watches? That, yeah, that's not the Portland I would expect that to be sold from. Accurate. It's more history <laughs> the other, Portland. The other Portland Plus has history. more drugs, so, you know. <laughs> that's what they want you to think. <laughs> <laughs> from, yep, from Portland, Maine. Hmm. All right, looking pretty good. Oh, uh, that's a that's a cool find, but I will I will stick to my bean boots. Um, well, I, I guess it's my turn. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm all done. <laughs> that's about all I got for that one. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. I think they're undisputed masterpieces, hip to be square. And if you like square watches, this might be a pretty uh, good uh, deal for you. I found a Tag Heuer Monaco... on watch exchange so reddit uh, watch exchange it is the uh, cw 2111 it is uh, a black dial Uh, it's uh, three registers at um, nine six and three Uh, so this guy's uh, an auto it's uh, 38 by 38 by 13 uh, thick uh, it is listed as a negotiable uh, $2580. Uh, and I think it might be worthwhile to see just how negotiable it is there's, because there is uh, no box and papers with it. Um, I did really briefly look. Joma's shop at one point sold, uh, sold them for not that much more gray market but they were they're out of stock so um yeah there might be a little bit uh, of wiggle on that price considering uh black dial monaco right everyone likes the golf motif um but you know it it's still um you know pretty pretty slick uh you know fun yeah, automatic chrono for you know twenty five hundred bucks. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. Oh yeah. Especially especially considering uh, how stupid used uh, watch prices are these days. We were kind of lamenting that at the, before we started recording as we're struggling to find fresh form finds. Yeah, this this segment's. Uh, Getting getting close to canceled if, uh, if this craziness <laughs> keeps up. Yes. So, but yeah, it, it's uh, pretty good. Uh, the uh, uh, guy that's listing it uh, notes a flea bite on the crystal in top left corner. Uh, so you know, mm. 
props for honesty and uh, a silly way to describe something. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, pretty cool. So check check that out if that uh, is of interest. And uh, I finally got. I'm really disappointed that n- neither of you guys were like, eh, yeah, they're okay. When I said you like Huey Lewis in the news, and <laughs> I'm doubly disappointed that nobody called me Halberstram. So. <laughs> I'd just be more impressed if you were able to memorize that whole monologue on your own. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> monologue. Who can't well, get a reservation at Dorsey on now? <laughs> I do unironically like Huey Lewis in the news. So, so where do we want to go next? Do we want to do new watches? Or do we... So I guess do we want to do we want to end with the negativity or put the negativity in the middle and have, talk about the fun thing at the end? Yeah, because I mean I I kind of built in a little segue talking about how stupid watch prices are in the second. Oh, and we market. should definitely talk about the new Tiffany Blue Patek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the, <laughs> the 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 watch that's done more farewell tours than Motley Crue that fifty seven eleven. Yeah, the, the like, if it hasn't really been canceled, this is just or hasn't been not canceled. If it hasn't really been discontinued, it's like the Rolling Stones farewell tour that is now going on. Sans drummer, may he rest <laughs> in peace. So like, yeah, it's uh, I I don't know. I feel I, you know, I don't know how you guys feel. I definitely feel it's definitely more of a money grab from Patek. And it's well, 100% a money grab from Patek. Well, but but is it, though, like they're going to resell for way more than Patek's going to make off of this? But it's, it is a, I mean, all they're doing there, yeah, so they're, they're, they're not going to capture uh, the bulk of the monetary value they've created by making these different color dial Woo! Watches, but they are adding to the intangibles of of their brand. So they they are still, which I mean, it's not like you can buy any of their watches anyway. So oh, what the hell's the point, right? It's a a little uh, self pleasuring of them, but. Uh, <laughs> It is interesting to kind of understand the history between them and Tiffany, though, going back 170 years. That's That in and of itself is impressive. I think everyone's gripe is that they said, oh, this is the last one we're doing. It's the green one. And then it's, oh, nope, no, we're going to do this one now, too. And it's like, cool, it's a Tiffany Blue Dial 5711. I mean, if that's the color you like, I, I don't think it looks ugly by any means. I think it's actually decently attractive. I think everyone's gripe is you said this was discontinued and now you're doing this. That's kind of garbage. Whatever. Yes. They're all unobtainium anyway. So um, I think Patek could put whatever dial color they want on a Nautilus and it would sell like hotcakes. Oh yeah, no, completely. They completely doesn't matter. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, You know, especially for a watch that's like discontinued. My thought is why drum up hype for this watch if it's discontinued by putting out another one. Obviously for the money, but. 
what are you trying to push people towards other models at this point? I, I don't really know. I don't know what their end game with this whole hype is with this watch. If it's discontinued. Guess, air quotes, obviously. It just makes you wonder if they're like blowing through parts. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I highly doubt that's it, but it's just like 170 is a very specific number for the for the year the anniversary. Like I get it. Like I can't imagine that that they've got all these it, spare parts burning the whole but like do you think maybe it's that the there's clearly going to be something that replaces the 5711? Like they're not going to not make a Nautilus. They're just going to make a newer version of it. So is it just that that watch isn't ready? So to keep the hype going, like which I, I don't think you really need to do that. Like if you don't have a new one for a year and a half and then you have a new one, there's probably going to be just as much hype from not having one for a year. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Right. I don't think it really matters. It's just It's just a weird move. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were going to do this in the new model and it's not ready yet. Um, I don't know. It's stupid. Stuff like this, like, congrats, yeah, cool, good good for you. Like, it doesn't make the hobby any more fun uh, to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, good work. Good work. Have, have fun with that, kids. Something that does make the hobby more fun. The new Oris Rectangular looks really cool, and I want to see one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe shooting somebody at our friends, our friends in Connecticut over at Oris, uh, an email saying, "Hey, could we test drive one of those? Because that looks really cool. That's a neat watch." Yes, it, it's a very neat watch. Uh, I think it's a very much untapped market when it comes to watches these days because people aren't making rectangular watches at all and so i I props to oris for coming out with this for filling something that not a lot of people are going after and you're right spence it's a very much fantastic watch i love it it looks fantastic it's what they're probably going going for if they're looking for a vintage vintage styled rectangular watch it's it hits the marks on everything so i mean other props to oris for that other than the obvious with cartier who's who's just kind of not ever stopped making the tank um Hamilton, I think, still makes something that's similar to it. Uh, they do. And Seiko has some really cheap solar quartz versions that you could kind of still buy. But nothing nothing at that price point. And I think they, they did a pretty good job of what they have four colors, a maroon, a navy, yes. kind of your more traditional, and mm-hmm. like the one that's on the yellow strap, which looks really cool. Like something yeah. something some stuff that's a little bit more traditional, a little bit more fun. Like it just just a really neat neat range and i think from what i understand from what i read in the press release too they've made those watches or watches of that style in the past obviously they just kind of went out of style at some point um yeah. so not anything that they're i mean everybody's made a tank style watch at some point everyone that's been around long enough certainly has i um well i i also like that uh uh, the cool colorways, you know, they're not just going to like pull the rug out from under you and say, oh, you know, we're not making those anymore. Uh, the, the, unlike tank. Um, yeah. So they'll, uh, but, you know, um, so good, good on them. Also cool that uh, you get it with the auto uh, mm-hmm. automatic at, at this uh, price point. Uh, I know Oris prides themselves on, you know, they they don't uh, tick tock, they sweep, right? Like they they just they don't do quartz. Um, 
So, yeah, cool. Cool to see. Um, yeah, that have something. Yeah, it's not it's not super narrow, but I mean, rectangular watches are narrower than yeah. most normal ones. So, if I'm remembering, it's 25 by 38. Is that is that what I'm remembering? You yeah, I'm on correct. the website now. On that that is correct. That'll Which, wear, in my mind, I f- that'll wear really I was nice. Say, I feel like that's just about perfect. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like this is like almost like the mid-sized to large-sized tanks, which I feel yeah. is a good, good settling ground for this size watch. Well, and they essentially have no lugs. Like the like yeah. the thirty-eight millimeters goes almost to the edge of the lugs, so it's gonna wear mm-hmm. very small. It'll still have good wrist presence, but it'll wear small. I mean, I think I'm looking at my. I'm wearing the brew as we're talking about this, and that's more of a square than a rectangle. But yeah. again, like the way the the bracelet and I know that on the strap will fit in. It's going to wear just really well, I think. So be be curious to see one of those in person. Yeah, those are really good colorways. I, uh, mm-hmm. Good work. Well, speaking of speaking of colorways, uh, Buzzy. Yeah, you're not wearing you're not wearing a 600 T, but they did just come out. Doxa did just drop their new uh, 600 Ts, which we ca- we kind of figured were coming because. You don't make a case in titanium as a one-off for a limited edition with time and tide and not save the molds for something later. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the it was always a a question of of when and and yes. thankfully they did a good job and it, it would have really upset me if that Caribbean colorway was only available on the LE. Uh thankfully they didn't uh they didn't do us dirty. Um, yeah, well, they, but the the Caribbean is a little bit darker. It's more of a navy, and the LE was that brighter, brighter blue, which is good because they didn't is. do the LE people dirty then either, which exactly. they kind of been known to do. <laughs> right. That's kind yeah. of the thing the, that they do. <laughs> the rug has been pulled before, correct. Um, yes, it's different enough. Um, but, man, I, 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 like, I like what it stands for. Uh, it's kind of cool too to see that they've got um, you know choice of bezel. I, I think that's uh, that's a good uh, good option. And you know what? With this one, I really think that the way to go is get this thing on rubber and get it in a loud colorway. Um, I think that's. I just think that works. I think that's the way to do it. Um, I am kind of into the idea of waiting a couple of years, and when some people, you know, sell theirs used, I think this would be like an awesome pickup. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like twelve hundred bucks kind of price point. Um, man, I, I just I think it would be sweet. But yeah, cool, cool on the uh, ceramic bezel. Uh, there's also the uh, the chance that the loom is actually good. I would love to love to see if the the loom, um, you know, well, I the bezel loom's actually going to be usable because <laughs> they aren't uh, coloring it orange right so that that should be a step up already but 
yeah, I'm I'm excited for these, and uh, I also like that it still has the uh, the sawtooth bezel on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think like uh, Diving Star or Caribbean uh, is the way I would go. Um, but yeah, I, I overall really like it. I also overall think that their pictures on their website kind of suck, and they should show the clasp, but. <laughs> Yeah, they did a bit of a new bracelet there. Almost, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's kind of oyster-ish, but very square at the same time. It is. It really reminds me of. Um, I'm pulling it up. There's a. There's a Breitling bracelet that's kind of similar because they have ones that are not angle cut. Um, it really reminds me of those. This is this is one that I just don't. Bracelet doesn't do anything for me. And what I mean, maybe it's different in person because their their pictures on their website make it look like the bracelet is integrated, and that just like makes me want to lose my lunch. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so maybe in in person, it's you know more appealing. Who knows? Yeah, they need to give pictures of the clasps. Um, their their mm-hmm. website does not do them any favors. I have a feeling it's probably going to be like the regular, you know, flip lock with the little clasp that goes over top of it, like they have on the regular uh, sub three hundreds. In my mind, I feel I don't think they're probably going to do anything special with it. Hence, why they're not showing it. Yeah, who knows. But I will say, I, I am happy they did a watch from the Aubrey era of Doxa. It's good to show that heritage. But, you know, when you're talking about the bracelet, I don't really know if I like it. I think, Buzz, you're right. I would 100% put this on a rubber strap because that bracelet is none too good, in my humble opinion. <laughs> and, you know, even the I'm checking out some earlier like some vintage 600 t's they had that bracelet did not look like that it looks similar to that but not that and the 600 t the vintage ones bracelets aren't even that good it's almost like a president style they've got going on with how the links look yes what i'm looking at has a polished middle link as well it's kind of just very strange but then again that's kind of how all the doxes were in that era of the company so I mean, I think it's a, it's a cool watch to show the history of Doxa. Um, but I mean, aside from that, do I have any interest in it? No. It's just, it's what it is, but, you know. At least they're coming off new models, right? Because they, they kind of have to, seeing as all they really have is the sub and then the uh, sub 200 line. Well, they don't. And they haven't uh, come out with the uh, military. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or the army. Yeah, Theirs is the army. Synchron's is the military. Yeah. Speaking right. Speaking, I'm glad one of you guys brought Doxa adjacent up because have you guys seen the new uh, Aquastar that came out that looks like a chronograph but isn't? The 38 millimeter. No, I oh. have not. No. So, uh, Mr. Stockton was, was hyping this one up a little bit, um, and it does. It, it it kind of throws you for a loop because of the the, the chronograph that Aquastar came out with last year had the single register with the, the, like the time between dives decompression scale as well on the bezel. 
um, and it's yeah. bidirectional. Um, and it only had, it was a single register chronograph. Well, this one is a dive watch with a similar bezel in 38 millimeters, and it has a white single, um, not single register really, but a, a white small seconds at nine o'clock where that chronograph register is. So it kind of throws you for a loop. You're like, is this a 38? Mm. No, it's not. But it, so the, and from what I understand, the original Aquastar chronograph was 38 when it originally debuted back, I think, in the 70s. So the new chronograph is bigger, but this kind of tries to stay true to the original dimensions, even if it isn't a chronograph. It looks good. Same three colorways, black, blue, and gray. Uh, Mike had the gray version. Really cool. Uh, really good on a, on a Tropic strap. Um, pretty neat looking watch. Thought that one was, you know, interesting, at least worthy of a mention while we're talking about, you know, Doxa and Doxa adjacent. Yeah, and it's funny you bring that one up too because I, you know, now you bring it up and I'm looking at it, I do remember when this came out and I mostly remember the size of it being 38 or 37. I don't really remember what it was. And personally, I didn't even think anything of it. I thought it was a chronograph, to be completely yeah. honest with you. I didn't, even, yeah, like I didn't even, like, question it. It looks just like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I honestly god thought this was just a smaller version of the chronograph they came out with except with the register flipped to the other side yeah but uh yeah it is not can't confirm it's pretty neat so it is very neat looks very cool yeah so should we bring it home with the event that you two didn't uh didn't make it up for yeah (laughs) let's do it i mean it was it was a good time as always, so I attended last week Whiskey and Watches at uh, Richter and Phillips, our local dealer, as it were. Um, I won't say watch or drug, but you guys get you guys, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you get it. You're just as addicted as we are, um, <laughs> or you're related to us and hoping that we get help. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just they, they did the similar thing they did two years ago, Buzz. They had the uh, they had new riff there, um, <laughs> which was awesome they had three different barrels i voted for barrel c because that to me was like it was a it was a little bit higher proof but still very mellow if i'm remembering correctly very good um i think there were probably just as maybe not quite as many people because they did kind of limit it obviously with you know variants and other things floating around in the ether but um it didn't feel as crowded because they had the vault open, which wasn't a thing for them two years ago. They, they have that really nice space in the basement in the vault, and it was just a really, really well-done event. Um, they had you know brand reps there, I think, from Breitling, Hamilton, Omega. My buddy Justin was there. I say buddy loosely because I've seen him like two or three times, but uh, congrats to Justin. Justin joins us in the, uh, in the that week of October having a kid. Um, he welcomed the little boy around the same time that me and Buzzy did. So just right. kind of a, a fun happenstance. Um, of course, I had to, you know, retry on the um, uh, bronze gold Seamaster 300 that I have been thinking about nonstop since I tried it on. Um, but uh, I also got pretty good information uh, that, um, and I've seen other people do it as well. It's shown up on Instagram. If you're interested in the clasp on the new chronoscope that they came out with that has the toolless micro adjust that goes on the slightly larger bracelet that looks just like the speedy bracelet, it fits. I have that confirmed. Mm-hmm. It fits. You can order it. They won't guarantee how quickly it will come, but you can order it and you can put it on and it will fit and you'll have a micro adjust on your speedy. So anybody looking for that, um, there's that. But uh, 
yeah, it was a good time. We had a blast. There was whiskey to go around. They had a, a, a cigar shop from in town there. Uh, our boy Zach was there slinging straps. Um, most A lot of people walked out with those. I saw him when he was over here closer to my house, so I picked up a few straps at that point, so I didn't, didn't need any more this time. This time. But he did. He debuted, what, three new colorways in his SF1 strap? The ribbed? Uh, like, uh, I, don't, I can only think of two. The, the tan and the uh, Admiralty Gray. I don't know about the other one. There's not a third? I, don't I guess it third. is just the two. Tan and gray. Because he's got the green and he still hasn't restocked the navy. He's got the blue too. You know what it was? Maybe I'm thinking of, of tan and um, gray, but in 20 and 22. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Oh, uh, yeah. So technically it's four, but it's two colors. I don't know. But he was there having a good time. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, those types of events are just so much fun because everyone's there having a good time. All the watches are out. You know, they, they really kind of focused on that. So they moved. There was a little bit more space to breathe because normally all the watches are kind of in the middle and off to the one side, but they kind of spread everything out a little bit more um, within the cases so that people could see things a little bit easier. Uh, it's fun to talk to the brand reps and just kind of get an idea of what's coming. Um, the guy from Tissot. So I tried on the PRX a couple of times in the last couple of weeks and really, really a big fan of that watch. The Tissot PRX with the Powermatic 80 in it with the textured dial for 650 bucks is oh, yeah. a fantastic piece. Again, kind of like this notice you put a watch on like that in that price back. You're like, okay, this could feel really good. Or like it feels way more substantial than you would think a watch in, of that style in that price bracket. will. the interesting thing is, so I tried on the blue one. they had the blue and the black in the case they have another very popular color coming out uh, in the next couple of months. And there may be a, a, an addition to the line that's in a slightly different size. Um, I mm. think it it's one of those... So at 41, I feel like it wears a little bit big. Is like, that the current size right now? The current 41. size is... It's either 40 or 41, and it just... The way the case shape fits, it just mm-hmm. feels a little big. He'd mentioned like a 35, which I am very because that's like that to me is like not the we'll probably previous, like a 37 or 38. 37, mm-hmm. 38 would be about perfect. But to me, yeah. that 35, I'm really curious about because that in my head is like vintage Omega Constellation territory, which uh, yeah, yeah. for that style of watch with the way those lugs are a little bit longer could fit with like 35 could be really good. Um, so I'm kind of it's definitely going to wear larger than 35. Correct. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's why I'm kind of wondering, like, if that's a 35 that wears like a 37, like that yeah, might yeah. be the one that's, to get. That's, that's what I'm feeling. It's probably going like, <laughs> And then if it comes out in green, <laughs> like maybe that's <laughs> oh, I was going to, I was going to say, I feel like the nether color going to come out is probably going to be green. Yeah. Let's be honest here. What color is up? He, show, he showed me the big. Tissot gentleman that's in green and he's like, yeah, if you see that, it'll probably be something close. <laughs> so... Mm. I mean, it's a good, they're both great watches. Like it just, you know, just, I, I'm now I'm like, I'm like, I really like the 41. And I was like, Ooh, 35, it's smaller, but like that could, that shape could wear really well. So it's yeah. always fun going to events like that. I, I would encourage anybody if your jewelry store is offering free booze of a booze that you like with an event <laughs> and you kind of are friendly with those people go because you'll have a good time. Like, 
Uh, oh, I think my favorite part though that I think you get and you guys both saw a picture of this. My favorite part was our buddy Soul, who was there, who's been a guest on this show before, uh, introduced us to hopefully we met a couple of other future guests there. So hopefully that'll all work itself out <laughs> here in the near future. We had on the same sport coat, legitimately the exact same one. Twinsies. Yeah. And it's a great the, photo. The funny thing is. I have another buddy who I, I haven't seen him in a while um, who was there as well. Um, God, and he's having a – like everybody there who either – who hadn't just had a baby, like their wives are having babies soon, which was also a very, very, very on trend. Um, That's right. He has one too. He has the same sport coat. My buddy Hank mm-hmm. has the same sport. He's like, he's like I've got this one too. Because <laughs> he saw the two of us. He's like, I should have wore mine. <laughs> <laughs> there could have, there somehow could have been three of us wearing the same thing, which is weird. Um, but that was fun, and it wasn't like it was a subtle sport coat either. It was a nice kind of Christmassy corduroy red and green plaid. It was fun, um, and there could have been three of us wearing that, which would have been funny. So, uh, Spence, what was your uh, drink of choice during the event? So I, I kept it a little low key. I had just gotten back from the work trip to Des Moines that morning and I had a, I guess technically our time, 5am wake up call, but Des Moines time, 4am wake up call, um, to make it back. And I wanted to be back early. So it wasn't like I made it back and then rolled in. Like I made it back pre 11am because Mm -hmm. it was a pretty easy connecting flight. Um, so I, I sampled all three of the barrel picks. They don't give you the full pour for that. You just try it. It was very good. Um, all three yep. of them were. Like I said, I like barrel C the best. So we'll see, you know, what they what ends up getting the most votes. Um, then I think, I think I just did a Woodford. They had a they had a couple of different things there, but I just wanted something that you know I hadn't had in a while and was consistent. So I was like, Woodford's always a good pour. I mean, I know it's, it doesn't get the hype that some of the other ones do, but it is a very good pour, very consistent. Like, I just, mm-hmm. that was good. And then, oddly enough, I switched as they were closing stuff down and had a, I think it was a, is it Braxton who makes the garage beer? Yes. Oh, they do. Yeah, it's very good. Like, just, I had one of those because it just, it's just a good, easy drinking lager. Um, and then we went to Bay Horse. Ran into Emilio Estevez, which was the coolest thing. Like you're just hanging out, walking up outside, and he's just out there with a buddy of his and their dog, like this, this his buddy's dog, and we just chatted with him for a couple of minutes. and went inside and had a Bay Horse brew, which is what's on the tap. But what that really is is a Miller High Life. So it was a varied it was a varied evening over the course of about four hours or so. But it was a very it was a very good time. I was glad to be able to see everybody. It was like it's just good to see people out, you know, out there. I think I think I saw plenty of people leave with watches. Um, even more people left, I'm sure, with straps. Just kind of one of those, you know, just good good event. Um, and yeah, got to meet Emilio Estevez. Got to talk to the watchmakers. Got to talk to the brand reps. Just just a good time. Like it's is yeah. is as much as we were lamenting the state of like the fresh forum finds it is fun to see that there are still brands that are innovating. They're working on cool new things. They're, they're dropping new product. They're delivering things. Um, and it, it, it's, it's weird. It, it's like, 
I know the po- the hobby has gotten more and more popular is because you know we've gone from you know six to seven to now fourteen listeners. Um, so there's clearly more people that are in it. Um, but I was joking with Justin from Omega as the as the night was kind of was, we were kind of shutting down. And I was like, you know, th- my guilty pleasure watch that I still that I have a hard time seeing in the case because nobody carries it consistently is the constellation. And I was like, I really want to see that new bracelet. He goes, dude. He goes, the new constellation. He goes. He likes the one, the 41 millimeter with the ceramic bezel. I was like, I like the the more classic one. He's like, I got to tell you, the funny thing is, he's like, I've got several, he goes, I have an account that was looking for a specific constellation for a client. And I found three other accounts that had it and none of them wanted to give it up. They're like, they thought they were going to sell it before Christmas. And he's like, the constellation, like, no, like that's the one that everybody wants to give up in the, in the U S it's like, they just, everyone's like, Oh, so you want somebody, somebody wants my constellation. Yeah, they can have it. And it's like, I called three different people that had that watch and they were like, nah, I think I'm going to hang on to it. Like, I don't, I don't, I think I'll sell it. Like <laughs> just, which is just kind of crazy to me that, that there are other knuckleheads who like the constellation. I guess I should get one soon before their prices do what speedy prices do. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like it's only a matter of time for most models. God, yeah. just don't discontinue it. <laughs> oh boy, don't give him any ideas. Exactly, we we don't want these prices to go to the moon. Unlike the Speedmaster, which actually did. Ah, uh, that's silly. It's true. It is true. It is true. It's such a good watch. <laughs> that new bracelet, absolutely. I was listening to 40 and 20 and listening to on consecutive episodes, Andrew talk about breaking up with the Speedmaster and then also talking about wanting a Speedmaster, which is funny because Everett has a Speedmaster. Mm-hmm. And Andrew's complaint is that the bracelet never quite fit right. I was like, he needs to try on the new one because that new bracelet is amazing. <laughs> that just, that makes the watch. Um, also, funny story, I was listening to Risk Cheese Radio and 40 and 20 on my outbound and return flight, and I've never had this happen before that I didn't know about it in advance. So I was a little nervous with all the air travel stuff that had been happening lately at, at month end or like month end October seemed like it was a, an absolute cluster uh, with, with air traffic and cancellations and flights not going where they were supposed to. Um, so I was nervous with this trip to Des Moines, even though it was only to Des Moines. Um, but as American was changing my gates constantly on the way out and on the way back, um, sometimes while I was standing at the gate that it was supposed to board in, in five minutes just to go to have to go to a gate upstairs, um, in the morning when they finally stopped changing my gates, I was arriving from Des Moines at the same gate that I was departing out of O'Hare from, to go to Cincinnati. And then I checked the seat assignment, or like the seat arrangements, and it was the same seat arrangements, and it was the same airframe. So that meant that the plane that they needed to get me to Cincinnati had to come from Des Moines and it had to have me on it, which meant that regardless of what happened that day, I was making both my flights, <laughs> <laughs> which was the best, like that was the best news in the morning. It was like, by the time all the dust settles, like, oh, I'm arriving at the same gate I'm departing from 30 minutes later on the same plane. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it home. It never happens. <laughs> it never happens. So uh, it was a, it was a, it was a successful successful last week, um, but anyway, I won't I won't ask about finals because I have to imagine that that was as much fun as air travel is considerably less fun. 
You know what? Luckily for me, they actually started our semester a week early. So the finals this week were very, very, very smooth. One test, one open note thing, and I think another open note thing. There you go. So yeah, it's pretty easy for me. Shockingly. Last semester finals for me that I'll ever have to take, so very proud of that. Well, cheers. As, as well you should. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes, I'm quite excited. Only boards next. <laughs> that's that's for another year. We'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll deal with that in a year. Yeah. Well there you go. Well, on that bombshell. <laughs> Yeah, I think we, we covered pretty much everything. I'm sure there will be another another release that we'll talk about next week, something. But uh, it's good catching up after a couple weeks off. I'm glad there was plenty of content. And like I said, we've, we've long been proponents of go to Red Bar. Also, go drink booze on your jeweler's dime and look at watches if you get an opportunity. Tons of fun. That's And maybe eventually you'll start a podcast after meeting some, some people there. Like that's, you know, maybe that's what you'll do. Maybe that's a thing you'll do. And you'll eventually get 14 listeners. (laughs) Only after about two years though. It's only almost been two years. Yes. Oh, what are we gonna do for the two year? That'll be interesting. That's coming up. It is nine episodes, man, nine episodes. And we'll have our two year. Yeah. Something big. Let's see. Honestly, haven't even thought about it yet. <laughs> Perhaps a recorded episode? A live episode? Who knows? Yeah. We've never done it live. Except never that... Uh, well, we didn't do it live live. We did it in the same wow. room together, but we haven't ever actually done it like Instagram live style. Yeah. I mean, well, that, then basically what we do now is like live too. So like, yeah, because yeah, it's going to go up be? in like, what, 10 hours? <laughs> if we're lucky. Well, what'll end up happening is I'll just get impatient and just post it. <laughs> yep, that's probably what ends up happening. <laughs> and we've come to an understanding, and that's we have. Yes. Although the weird thing is, people are going to be like, "This is weird. Spangler's on this one, but there's no theme music." <laughs> <laughs> theme music normally comes in about 24 hours after the whole recording process. So it's weird he, he even though even though we we it's the same song he re-records it for every episode it's it's the strangest thing <laughs> yeah i know i got my full piece band in my room right here to record it all oh yeah i can see <laughs> i can see some of the instruments okay yeah i've got the guitar rack behind me there you go see him yep yep so ready to go in a moment's notice but not within 24 hours of recording a podcast clearly exactly <laughs> Always a caveat. Oh, yeah. Asterisk. Just like the 5711. This was the last one, except for the next one. <laughs> except for the next one. <laughs> All right. I, I, think we've, I think we've milked that one as long as we can, so we should probably call it. All right. Well, hope, hopefully you all enjoyed that. Get out. Go see watches. Have a good time. And we'll see everybody next week. Maybe. See ya.